I'm, uh, I'm pleased to be your host this morning. I, my name is uh, Jimmy Kim, uh, Kevin Dell, and i um, glad to see you all this morning. Um, so just to recap last week, if you recall, we had Kristen and Morgan kick off our family services, and we were looking at the story of creation. So they challenged us to see ourselves in the way that God sees us. And what they shared reminds me of a line from Psalm 139, where King David wrote in verse 14, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't that amazing? God has made us wonderfully. And as Kristen remind us, we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that means we need to love ourselves because God has wonderfully made us. So this morning, we're going to have some fun as we look at the story known as Noah's Ark. We're going to learn that God created us with the ability to obey him or disobey him. So this morning, we'll have Pastor Ben reading scripture for us, and we're going to have the Walkers and um, Chris Reimer uh, telling the story after that. And today's guest for the service, someone you might have met before, is Pastor Mike, and uh, he'll be sharing with us later on. So let's get started. Our first segment is a bit of a specialty for me. It's a little something we call, is it dad jokes or bad jokes or bad dad jokes, I guess. So... Listen up, kids, these are going to be good. And by good, I mean really bad. So is anyone looking to have a custom ark built for them? Okay, if so, I know a guy. Okay, okay, okay. Why didn't the animals play cards on the ark? Well, it's because Noah sat on the deck. Okay, okay. Why did the two worms have to leave their apple to get into Noah's ark? Well, it's because they can only go in pairs. Okay, okay, those are bad. Okay, I, I assign all responsibility to those to Mike, just so you know. So, now we're going to something that's a little more important than a few bad jokes. So now we're going to hear today's scripture. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Genesis chapter 7. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I've found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I'll send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I'll wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I've made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. And Noah and his sons and wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days... The floodwaters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On that very day, Noah and... Oh, wait. Shem, Ham, and Japheth together 
with his wife and wives of his three sons entered the ark. They had with them all wild animals according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. When the Lord shut him in, for 40 days the flood kept coming on earth. And as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth. The ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth. And all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of uh, more than 15 cubits. Every living thing that was that moved on land perished, birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarmed over earth, and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. The word of the Lord. Thanks for that. Uh, well, our, our folks are coming up. Uh, I'm going to explain our next segment is something we're calling Share the Story. We're going to have a group of folks uh, bring the story to life today in a fun way and uh, to help make sure it's fresh. Long ago, the people of the earth were very mean. Wahaha! What are you doing? I'm the sound effects person. Oh, great. Hee hee hee, this is gonna be fun. People were so mean that God felt sorry he had ever made them in the first place. I'll wipe them out and start over. Boom! But I'll save Noah because he believes in me and follows me. Hallelujah! Hey, Noah! Yeah, God? Build me a boat. Am I going on a cruise? Well, sort of. Can I take my wife? Yeah, take your whole family. Oh, goody. I hope it's to the Bahamas. Uh, not quite. It's a zoo cruise. Sounds exotic. Oh, oh, it is. Believe me. Now, go and get started. Alrighty then. So Noah and his family built the boat. Noah! Where should I put the sail? It's not that kind of a boat. Oh, too bad. 
Year after year, they worked. This is the biggest boat I've ever seen. It's the only boat you've ever seen. Oh, too bad. Until finally, it was done. Phew! No kidding. You're telling me. And then God sent the animals, and they came to him. I to know. Oh, I know the sun two by fours. What? Two by fours. The animals didn't come in two by fours. Jeremy's did. <laughs> Look, the animals came to him two by two. And Noah and his family packed up That's lots of horrible. food because they would have to feed all of the animals and themselves. Chomp, chomp. That's a lot of doggy chow. They lived with those animals on the ark for a whole year. That's a lot of doggy poop. Yuck. Then the wind and the rain started. Noah and his family and all the animals got on the ark. Hey, Noah, where's the swimming pool? It's not that kind of a boat. Oh, too bad. At last, they were all on board, and God shut the door. Slam. Hey, that's my line. Slam! Ouch! God didn't shut the door on Noah's wife's foot. Oh, too bad. No, it was good. Oh, too good. And the ark floated on the water. The ark rolled back and forth on the waves. Uh-oh. What? I'm getting sick. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Much better. For a whole year, they lived on the zoo cruise with all of those animals. <laughs> and they were safe until they landed on the side of a tall mountain. Wham. Softly. Wham. Come on, everybody, time to get out. Okay. Then they sacrificed some animals. Let's roast them up. Good, I'm hungry. Not for us, for God. Oh, too bad. As a way of saying thanks for to him for saving us. And God sent a rainbow. Ta-da! <laughs> and a promise that he would never let another flood wipe out the whole world. Hallelujah! The, the end. end. <laughs> Thanks very much, guys. That was, that was excellent. That was fun. So, for our next part here, it's, um, it's a piece we call Thank You Notes. And uh, we're going to take a few minutes, write out some thank you notes this morning. I think I need some thank you note music. Oh, just on cue. Thank you, God, that you chose Noah to build the ark, the only man to ever read and follow the instructions. Thank you, God, for rainbows. A reminder that we won't have to build our own ark, especially since I did not get the power tools I hoped for on Father's Day.
I really wanted that reciprocating saw. Anyways. Thank you, God, that Noah did not have to deal with COVID lumber pricing like some of us did. Jack darn near bankrupt me. Thank you, God, for preserving so many beautiful creatures on the ark during the flood. Though, to be frank, you didn't really need to save the wasp or the mosquito. All right, that's our thank you notes, folks. Let's drive on. I'd like to invite up our first guest, and it's our last guest since we only have one, Pastor Mike Ingbers. Let's give it up for Pastor Mike. Welcome, welcome up here. Good so today we're talking about one of those animal tales that really seems larger than life, Noah's Ark. So tell me, have you studied or preached on this at all in your years? You know what? I have never preached a sermon on Noah's Ark that I can remember. Uh, I did write a paper that studied it once. I, uh, I even have it here. Uh, that seems more like a book, not a paper. I uh, kind of think of it as a nice paperweight. Wow, I see. Okay. Um, well, I think you brought the wrong book, Mike, because, uh, you know, the one, I thought it was about technology in the church. Yeah, this one's about technology in the church. That's, that's the right one right there, technology in the church. Oh, it is, too. Wow, okay. Um, why in the world would you write about Noah's Ark in a book about technology? You know, that's a, that's a great question. And in this paper, I took Genesis 1 to 11 and looked at all the technology in those chapters and what we can learn from it. Noah's Ark is a big part of that, section, of that, of that part of the Bible. Yeah, I'm not sure we have the same Bible, though. I'm pretty sure there are no cell phones in Genesis. Yeah, that's kind of true. But believe it or not, there actually is technology in the book of Genesis. And I think it helps us learn something important for the world in which we live. Okay, so that's why you're here then, to help us understand. Why don't you walk us through it? Okay, well, let me ask you this. How did Noah fit all those animals in the ark? How? State of the ark technology. Oh, that's really bad. That's really bad. Um, anyways, anyways, kidding aside, let me ask you a serious question. What is technology? I don't know anything with a computer chip, I suppose. Well, that's not bad, but that's actually a really narrow definition of technology. You see, the world's always had technology in some way. At one point in time, the wheel was technology, and they were on a roll with it. <laughs> I mean, they really nailed it with the hammer when that was new technology. Um, come on, that one was a pun too. You can laugh at the Thanks, Brad. Yeah, so we need an applause light, I think, for the bad <laughs> jokes. So, um, the typewriter and the hardwired telephone were all forms of technology. Technology is any tool we create to help us accomplish something. Yeah, that's pretty broad, but I suppose it makes sense. Um, but I'm still not connecting it to creation here. You're going to have to do some more that help me understand, I think. Okay, we're going to get there. But first, we need to go back to the beginning. The beginning? The beginning, 
creation. Ooh, the beginning, beginning. Well, Morgan Christen did a bang-up job uh, on that uh, teaching about us last week. That they absolutely did. Uh, and I want to build on that a bit. So what technology did God use to create the world? Um, nothing. I don't think God used technology. That's exactly the point. We take that part of the story for granted. I'm not sure we recognize how amazing it was that God created just by speaking. He didn't need any technology to create. He spoke, and creation came into being. No tools or whatever. And you know what? That's part of what's amazing about Jesus, too. He spoke, and people were healed. He spoke, and the waves on the stormy lake were calmed. There's never a need for God to use technology with his creation. Kind of obvious for us, I think, in some ways, but something we don't talk about ever. And Jesus, who's fully God, never needed technology either. Well, that makes sense. God is God. Jesus is God. So no technology. Got it? Okay. Though I think we're going in the wrong direction still. Not at all. So God doesn't need any technology, but he does creative. Create. He's creative. He is the creator. And we are made in the image of God, which means we're creative. And I believe one of the ways we are unique in the world of all the animals God created is how creative we can be as people. Hey, I know there's an elephant in Edmonton that can paint. Yeah, Lucy the elephant in Edmonton is pretty awesome, but her creativity is not quite the same as human creativity. Our creativity is really special in this world, and there's one big difference, though. Well, God just speaks, and the world is created. He creates by speaking, as you pointed out, and... I know I can't really do that. I don't think any of us can. The fact God speaks and makes things happen is what makes God, well, God. And for me, that's one of the things that I root my understanding of Jesus as God in is that he speaks in creation, creation listens. But for us, it's different. For us, it's pretty hard for us to be creative without having some sort of tool or technology. Or do you, yeah, without having some form of basic technology on some level. Our ability to create requires us to create things with our hands, and that usually involves us some form of tool or technology on some level to accomplish that. Okay, I'm not so sure about that, though. I mean, I'm not very artistic, but I can take a lump of clay and make it, make it into something without any tools. Okay. How did you get the lump of clay? Did you dig it out of the ground? Well, then you used a shovel, and that's technology at a very basic level. Or did you drive to the store and buy the clay? Well, that's technology you use to get the clay. It's pretty hard to escape technology. Okay, I guess so. But again, tell me, what does this have to do with Noah's Ark? You know, not to mention animals. You know, we're talking about animal tales of biblical proportions here. By the way, is it about the long furry tales or the short stubby tales? Oh, good grief. Anyways, let me explain this as well. So we've established that we are created in God's image, and I believe one of those things that means is that we are creative like God is. But we're a reflection. We don't create the same way. We don't have that ability. So we create with the tools we have and the new tools we make. God gave, gave us the creativity to make those tools and the technology we have. So God calls on Noah to create or build an ark. 
Noah's given some broad plans, but as far as we know, he was not handed detailed blueprints with a toolbox, ladders and scaffolding and everything he needed to build it. This was not IKEA furniture, which, by the way, has technology with tools inside. So Noah has to be creative in figuring out how to build this massive ark. He would have had to find the tools or even create the tools he needed for such a large project. He would have had to use his creativity to do what God asked, to create the tools, the, the technology he would have needed to build the ark in his time. Okay, that makes sense. But what's, what's your point that you actually wrote about it? Well, still getting there. Now, do you remember what our role in creation was? Uh, to take care of God's creation, I think. That's right. God gave us the role of caring for his creation. And we see that the world has become sinful and turned away from God. But we're told Noah found favor in God's eyes. And your words, Noah, by asking him to build the ark. By the way, was he married to Joan of Arc? It could be, but if they were married, I bet you they met doing archaeology. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, back on track. Well, we're told that the earth had become so evil and corrupt and violent that God wanted to clean the slate. I can't even begin to imagine how bad things were. So God tells Noah to build an ark to hold some of every living creature from the ground and that God would bring those animals to Noah to keep them alive. So do you see what Noah's main job is? Building the ark. Actually, I'd say that's just one of the tasks that go with his bigger role. Everyone had pulled back from God in the world. They weren't doing what he wanted them to do, what he'd asked humans to do, which in part would mean they were not caring for or being stewards of God's creation as God intended anymore. We often reflect on how sinful everything was, but we don't always remember that means people weren't fulfilling that role that God had given them. So God selects Noah to take on that role, and Noah uses his creativity and his skills, his tools and technology, to do the role God had called him to. Noah is the only steward of creation at this point. And he needs to use everything he has to accomplish what God has asked of him. I think I get it. So God shows us a story of what it means to be obedient to him and to do the things he asks us to do. And Noah shows us that with the creativity God has given us, given all of us, and how he used the tools and technology that people made and he made to honor God. The interesting thing is there's a second story that shows the opposite side of Noah's Ark. There is? Absolutely. Noah's Ark is one of two building stories in the book of Genesis, in the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Ooh, I think I know this one. It okay. was the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Tower of Babel. Yes! And in that story, instead of using their creativity to honor God and do what he asked, they use their tools and their technology to build a tower to make themselves be like God, to reach the heavens. And so God scatters them across the earth because they aren't using their creativity, their skills, their tools, and technology to honor him, rather to honor themselves. They weren't doing what God wanted them, rather they were doing what they wanted. And it's interesting to note, they were actually quite successful in this, that God had to act on it, even though it wasn't what God wanted. They were still somewhat successful. It's kind of the opposite of Noah's Ark. It really is. And it shows... Yeah, we can have success doing things our own way in the world, 
But that doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. That doesn't mean we're honoring God when we have success in the world. And Noah's story shows us that we can obey God and still experience tough, difficult times, like a big, massive flood. The question isn't what's best for us. The question is, are we being intentional in doing what God wants of us and trusting God? We need to use our creativity to honor God and not ourselves. And how we use our technology and the tools we have affects how we relate to God. Or more accurately, how we relate to God shows in how we use our technology and the tools we have in this world. So what is God asking of us today then? I think that's a great question. I think sometimes God will ask each of us to do something specific. We talk about that as being your calling. But I want to talk about our calling of all of us as God's people. And I think Jesus gives us two commands in the Gospels that we can all follow. I know one of them. I think it's in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20, where Jesus yeah. says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And the other one, of course, is the great commandment where we're called to love God with all that we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So as God has called us to these two things. And as a result, we have a choice on whether to obey and do things God's way or our own way, like Noah and other people have had throughout all of Scripture. And like we saw in both of the stories with Noah and the Tower of Babel, where one chose to do it God's way, and another story they chose to do it their own way. We can say we're going to obey, but if our life doesn't show it, are we actually obeying? If we want to say we love our neighbor, well, how are we using our creativity that God gave us to love others? How are we using the resources, the technology even, that God has given us? Doesn't that show if we're obeying? Obeying is about more than words. It's about living out what we've said we're going to do. But do you seriously think we can show love with technology? Most definitely. Uh, we, we've just been through a couple years where that's some of the only ways we could show is we use Zoom to connect with each other, right? Those were some of the ways we've done it to show technology. But there's other ways as well. And we know also that we can use technology to hurt people really poorly. Things we say on social media, how we can ignore others by focusing on technology instead of people first, sending messages that are mean, just some really simple ways we can use technology. And there's many more ways we use technology in this world to hurt people. All you have to do is watch the news. So, but we can use also use our technology to love people and care for them. I mean, a simple thing is using our cars, which are a form of technology, to go to the store and buy something that someone needs and helping them out. Phoning someone and hearing how they're doing and to talk to them when they're disconnected. Uh, you know what, you can share scripture online with people. You can text message somebody some scripture to encourage them. There's so many ways. Those are just some really small ways. And if we're being creative as we're made to be, and we're using the resources and skills and the tools and the technology we have, there's a wealth of ways that God can use us individually to honor him and to obey him using all that we have to love God and to love others. And, of course, technology is more than just iPhones or VHS machines. I'm really happy you moved on from your BlackBerry face. That, took, that went way too it. long. I miss it a lot. Um, you know, technology is all the tools we have. 
And that means stuff like books and pens and phones and cars are some of the technology we have that we don't think of as being technology anymore. You know, I've had a couple times when someone will see me using my phone or iPad as a Bible and tell me, I don't believe in using technology to read the Bible. And usually I just share uh, that I appreciate your thoughts and I smile. But if I know them well, then I've occasionally pointed out to them that the printing press that allowed books to be printed, including their paper Bible, was one of the most phenomenal and influential technologies ever created in the world. In fact, I could argue that all the wonderful tools and technology we have today digitally wouldn't exist if the printing press hadn't been invented. The fact we each have our own Bibles in paper or digital is a technological marvel where we used our creativity as people to honor God so we can grow in our relationship with God. But we also need to remember we can use our technology to pull away from God and do things ourselves, to trust ourselves and not follow Jesus, to not do what he called us to do. So let's wrap it up. What's, okay. the, uh, what's the takeaway? There's so many things we could take away, but how about this? Jesus called us to love God with all that we are and to love our neighbors ourselves. And to obey Jesus means that if we're to love God with all that we are, that doesn't just happen by itself, but it's something we do intentionally. And if God created us to be creative in his image, then our creativity needs to be used to show our love to God and to others. And if you look through scripture, we see often in scripture that we tend to focus on ourselves as a default position. Kind of happens throughout the life of Israel. We see others throughout scripture. Even in the New Testament, we see it within the early church at times. And we use our creativity instead of following God to pull away from God. So the takeaway is let's love God in the world around us by intentionally using our creativity, including the tools and the technology we have and create. Use all that God has given us to obey God. And that takes hard work. And we see with Noah, it's not an easy job at all. It's not always a fun job. I'm not sure I would have wanted to be in the ark that long. I mean, I'm married, today's my anniversary. I've been married for 23 years. I can't imagine being my wife having to put up with my dad jokes on the boat for that long in that close proximity. That'd be rough. Yeah, that'd be tough on her. I mean, she's amazing putting up with me, my dad jokes for 23 years already. So. so, but we can use everything God has given us to serve Jesus as our king and to obey him. There may be difficult times, but overall, we need to trust God's plan to be obedient to God. And we look at the big picture of everything, God, of everything God's way is so worthwhile in the long run as we seek to honor God. Well, thanks very much, Mike. I think that's all the time we have this morning. We'll invite the worship team up and we'll look forward to next week, although I hear it's a bit fishy. Yeah, it's going to be a whale of a tail next week. Uh, hey, Kevin, you ever consider where Noah stored the bees on the ark? Oh, I'm just guessing here. Uh, is it maybe the archives? Yes, the archives. 